What's up, everybody? Uh, my name is Will Soul. This is Kick Rocks, and today I've got a very special guest, a good friend of mine, uh, Lucas. Lucas. Lucas Dunford. Dunford. How's it going today, Lucas? Doing, going good. That's good. Today, uh, Lucas and I are going to okay. be talking... What? What do you want? No. All right. Today, Lucas and I are going to be talking about... Uh, we're going to talk about some religion, uh, things like self-actualization. Self-actualization. Maybe some dreams. We're going to talk about Mr. Carl Younger. Oh, my Junger. gosh. Some psychedelic talk, maybe. It's going gonna, it's gonna to blow your mind. We rival the Joe Rogan experience. If, if you're of- listening to this, your mind, if it's not blown, I'll pay you back the money you spent on listening to this. God, that's a big... Was that a good joke? Yeah, that's a good joke. A bold claim. Okay. All right, cool. Okay, let's move on. Some of you might be wondering how Lucas and I met. We've been good friends for about three, four years now, would you say? Probably about eight, nineteen. Damn, I was really off. Yeah. Alright, well, Lucas and I met uh, in high school. I was in the marching band and the... Uh... High school. Yeah, in high school, sorry. I should have mentioned It's that. okay. And one of my friends in high school, uh, her name is Karina. Karina. Hi, Karina. Uh, Probably it's her little brother, and uh, yeah, we met one time. We we actually met. It was I was a, a freshman, and I came. I was wearing my the first day of school. I wore the shirt that said "My sister, I love my senior sister" or something like that. It was like neon with a bunch of stuff on it, and I was uh, really embarrassed. And I wore a sweatshirt over it for the majority of the day. And I came to the band area to get uh, driven home because that's where my sister hung around and clicked out after school and who was in the click but lo and behold uh Wilhelm right here that's me and I met him and he was a real smiley guy about four or five (laughs) with a real gnarly orange haircut and he was telling me about this dumbass pot of gold that he had (laughs) didn't want to mess with that guy but uh it was weird it was right before I had braces so I had this really toothy grin it was also super gummy yeah it was gross but yeah that's how we met and uh you know over the years we saw each other here and there i saw you at homecoming one time i don't remember that me and your sister or maybe i was at homecoming my senior year and i saw you there and we hung out we shot the shit for a little while maybe i do remember that yeah 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 okay for for the podcast sake uh i was kidding about the leprechaun thing (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah, he was joking. No, he wasn't. The rest of the stuff, I was, I think I was serious, though. Yeah. Um, fast forward a couple years, and Lucas and I started hanging out more. I helped him move out of his house. Pretty cool. Um, and then we decided to go on a trip up to Silver Bay, Minnesota, and uh, hang out in the woods for a few days. And... Um, I had to go and ruin that trip by getting a migraine and having to cut our hammock camping session a little early. It was kind of sad. It was okay. So is life. Uh, I had a great cathartic experience coming back to that spot when I did the, I threw hike the Superior Hiking Trail. Uh, great, great reverence in my mind for that location. Yeah. We wrote uh, little messages on, on this little this little shack on the trail. With charcoal. Yeah, with charcoal is pretty cool. It's still there to yeah, this day. Still there. It's a beautiful thing. The uh, middle middle trail at George Crosby Manitou State Park. Yep. I think it is. Yep. What's the what's the city called? Like Finley or Finland? Finland. Finland. Yeah. Great spot. Great little zone right next yeah. to the river. You guys wanna check that out? Do it. 
if you're listening. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then fast forward a couple months again. Wait, you're going to... Is this going to go on Voyager 1 or 2? 1? Okay. Then uh, Lucas and I went to Washington. We decided to do a fun little trip out to Washington. And Montana. Yeah, and Montana. We stopped in Montana first in Big Sky, Montana at our... Uh, buddy John's uh, ski house cabin place it's got there it's a nice little zone sweet joint yeah sweet joint uh, <laughs> it's very cold there was a lot of snow but it was pretty fun and then we uh, drove from Big Sky all the way to um, the whole rainforest in Washington yeah that was a gnarly drive sweet trail yeah sweet trail good place had a fun little experience where I lost a bag of uh, contraband and <laughs> substance. Yeah, substance, and it was just it was not it was not a good time. That that part. It, it was a good time. It was a good time. It was a great time overall. But that was that was a good time too. That was a don't good lie. There's a little bit of anxiety there, but it's okay. It happened. So is life. Here we are. Yeah, and uh, that was last week, and now we're here. Just kidding. Just kidding. That was January of this past year. Yeah, 2021. Um, so that little, uh, little bag of substance is something that I would like to call uh, mushrooms. Whoa. Yeah, pretty crazy. The food of the gods. That it is. Terrence McKenna does say it's the food of the gods. Really? Yeah. Who is that? Terrence McKenna is this uh, crazy psychedelic man. Really? Yep. I heard, he, I heard he was a philanthropist. Really? No. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, wrote a book called Food for the Gods, where he just preached about psychedelics and its effects, specifically mushrooms and its effects on human society. Well, what do you have to say about that book? I thought that the book was pretty good. It offered some really cool concepts. Uh, the way that he explained his arguments on things like um, how the human mind has developed so quickly over such a short period of time compared to other organs. Um, could only be attributed to psychedelics which promote neurogenesis but that guy was kind of a kook so well what do you think about that um there there's more of a a tinge of distaste in darwin's theory of evolution recently in terms of um how quickly organisms can evolve and that there is evidence that it may be um much faster and more generational than Darwin thought. Yeah, I think that that's probably true. I mean, things like speciation happened on the Galapagos Islands over 30 years, which is kind of insane considering how long Darwin thought it took to take animals to split. Um, And science is always subject to change, so I think Darwin's theory of evolution from 200-odd years ago is subject for a little bit of reevaluation, you know? Well, anyway... Um, let's change the topic. Yeah. Let's go back. Let's let's traverse back a little bit. Let's traverse. Let's portage back a bit. So, um, I've heard that you've dabbled in psychedelics before. I, I did. You drugged my apple juice once. It was your honey tea. It was my honey tea that I used to keep my vocal cords nice so I can get some vocal butter. Just a little vocal butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how how are your trips? So basically, 
Uh, I did it one time in uh, recently in Wyoming in like the cabin, and I. I, I would I, I don't I don't like the aspect of the mood enhancement, but that's what I got first, and then I started to see like uh, the psychedelic stuff. It was my my first time uh, ever like tripping, I guess, and um, the best way that I could describe it would be I felt very Dionysian in the. Nietzschean uh, sense which is like it's not a pure dichotomy of black and white but more um, it, it, it has to do with art and the old way that art was seen in the, the uh, ancient Greek sense so the Dionysian would be like intox intoxication or dance or basically loss of self and it's also like the chaos of the universe and then the Apollinian side would be more structure and dream and uh, painting while Dionysian would be more music and the Apollinian would also have um, the self and Basically, the it's it's called the principum individuationis, which is Latin, um, and it it basically just means uh, what it sounds like. Um, but I would say that the experience was Dionysian because my thoughts were very hard to to manage in terms of focusing, and not in a particularly bad way, like I was uh, a delinquent. Um, I, I mean, it's arguable that I am regularly. Anything to, to add to that? Yeah, you're kind of a bum. Okay. So, um, so but I, and I play guitar, and I, I didn't follow the same categorizations that I would, like the, the blues pentatonic scale, and just basically... Uh, bashing the guitar over my head and hitting the the same notes that are in this particular structure and like trying to to know like look at uh, which which notes I know on the fretboard and aligning that with the the key that the song is in yeah but more just kind of going with it and doing what sounds good and, and feeling it much more which I would say is a more important aspect of music than the the structure of it, but, um, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think, um, Dionysian is a good way to put it, that it's, like, kind of disorganized in the way that you think and what you feel also. Uh, I myself have done psychedelics before. Whoa, really? Yeah, crazy. Not going to med school. Are you, like, a hippie? Yeah, man, like... <clears throat> smoke pot every day and I'm a hippie and no like, freaking way I go to every Grateful Dead concert and <laughs> <laughs> the whole nine man oh nine nine what yards oh nine inch nails nine inch nails yeah you know Adam Sandler made a movie about nine inch nails yeah it's called Uncut Gems right no it's called Grown Ups too <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, that's a good way to put it 
uh, disorganized, um, a bit chaotic, but like in a good way sometimes. Uh, my most recent trip, I went to the Boundary Waters with my uh, family, and we did a bit of mushrooms, and I kind of felt this weird rift in my persona, I guess, uh, kind of like I was dealing with a dichotomy in that um, I was very annoyed being there for a little while, just like while I was on mushrooms, and then I came to terms with the fact that I was there. And that I like didn't really want to be in that state in that place just because it made me feel a little uncomfortable the bugs looked weird they looked like aliens and I was like how, how do people not realize that we live amongst aliens they look so weird <laughs> um, uh, but the nature was really pretty and the sunset was beautiful the lake was like glass and I I guess I missed the commodities of, of like being at home a little bit and I thought that that was kind of cringe because I didn't really take the time to enjoy the place that I was at, which I ended up doing. And I just spent my time there and I fished for the last little bit and watched the sunset while I said like the lake was glass, it was beautiful. But those forms of uh, altered states of consciousness really teach you to be present, or they don't really teach you, they just make you be present, it's like in the moment. So maybe- Well, I, I would say that it, it gives you a different perspective to where um, I would say like the human mind um, like like when you walk into it or you get a new house and you know what it smells like and then after a while it doesn't smell like anything and I think that that's that's basically the human condition in a lot of ways because um, like we get bored of ambition which is very depressing but also very powerful and I would say that in these altered states you you get uh, shown a different set of stimuli really and it makes you um, kind of question what things are really like instead of just seeing it through the veil of average daily uh, life yeah definitely I mean altering your state of consciousness is like a, a big ordeal because I mean people do that through different mediums like drinking yeah or eating spicy foods actually considered an altered state of consciousness really fact, yeah by whom by me right now I'm you are, is that peer-reviewed yeah peer-reviewed I only follow peer-reviewed scientific articles that are published in the daily science journal peer-reviewed by Princeton and Yale no way Yahweh who is Yahweh? Yahweh are the... Uh, Who is the tetragammon? <laughs> it's tetragammon. Thank you very much. Yeah, I don't know it. It's tetragrammon. You want to know about Yahweh? Do you know my my grandmother's name is tetragrandmother? <laughs> that was a horrible joke. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> All right. Back to the psychedelic thing. Yeah. I, there was something I was going to say, but I uh, I can't place it right now. That's okay. Keep thinking of it. Keep pondering. Okay, let's uh, let's let's keep the podcast in silence for the next few moments for those lost uh, lost souls during the the day that shall not be forgotten. Yeah. Silence over. Okay. Are you gonna cut that? No. We need that in there. Just. I know. Okay, We're not okay. gonna cut this either. This is okay. Standard. Let's. Okay.
Well, you're this. gonna cut. You're gonna cut this, right? Yeah. I'll okay. Cut this okay. Part. Okay. Okay. Let's keep this puppy going. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, being a there's a lot. Oh of yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I remember what I was gonna say. Go ahead. So, I was, I w- I would say I was honestly I was extremely articulate. I would not say um. I would definitely have pauses in what I was saying. But the words would just flow out of my mouth, and I wouldn't think about them in the same sense. And I, I was having um, semi-spiritual, philosophical discussions with my girlfriend, and I mean, not semi. I basically just say that out of humility. But the words. They, they just came to me. It, it was like when you don't know exactly what a word means, but you just say it, and you look it up, and it means almost more so than you thought it would. Or, I mean, it applies more than you thought it would. And that was basically with every, not every word, but every really concept that I would put forth. Because we were having, we were kind of talking about um, of many things but we were talking about each other and basically psychology and stuff uh or like your whatever um and it 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 was odd because every every thought that I would have would basically be very very pertinent and multi-layered in how it uh applied to what we were talking about or what she had said or like yeah. more definitely more so than than normal speech. And well, I, may, it may be just that you're you're in this alternate uh, or whatever. You're high. Yeah, you're high as F and Heimer. Yep. And you're you're tripping balls, and you just think you're smart AF. That's that a, could be it. But she was not as Dionysed as I was, so. And she agreed with me. And that, yeah. And I would say she keeps it real. She's a real If you were wondering. Gotcha. Thank you. I was wondering, in fact. But, yeah, I think um, there's a lot of stigma around psychedelics. And uh, that... Excuse me, I had to get a sip of my uh, honey tea. Quatter. My honey tea. My quatter. Quatter. There's a lot of stigma around psychedelics, and that definitely comes from, like, the war on drugs, and not to get too political, but Mr. Don't, don't want to get this political. Mr. Ronnie Reagan. Mr. Dunford. And I think that in the so-called war on drugs, I think drugs have definitely won. It's been like 40-some years, <laughs> and it's, it's not changing. There's an opioid epidemic and whatnot, and there's a psychedelic reemergence, and there's studies about it, like being done in Canada. Well, something I would say is, um, how many how many boots on the ground does drugs have? None. <laughs> So uh, I give Ronald some some credit where it's due. <laughs> All right, fair enough. But have you ever heard of flock of zombies? That's definitely boots on ground soldiers right there. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think there's a lot of stigma around it, and I don't think it's very warranted. Uh, a lot of people are just scared of the idea of being high, and they connotate being high with like. Uh, delinquency or people who are like less successful in life which I don't really think is true well I mean I definitely had a, a ne- I have a negative connotation towards it and I I would not 
do it just for fun, basically, because then I would basically hate myself for for doing that. And there there was a time, I mean, multiple times, really, where during the trip, I, I basically just thought, um, who am I? What am I doing? Um, but that that was a large part of why I did it to um, to break down these barriers of myself of of pride in what I choose to not do out of Herculean mental strength efforts. <laughs> <laughs> like Jocko Willink level discipline. Yeah, nice, yeah. Nice. Did that work for you? Did you, did you have a little bug there? Yeah. Did you break down those walls of pride, would you say? A little bit? Chip the I, I, I would say I, I chipped the wall a bit. I got my chisel. Yeah, you punctured the drywall. So I, I put a little Michelangelo in it. Nice. I got the bust down. Not nice. the not the lower body yet. All right, all right, fair enough. Well, that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing. Cause you're yeah. an arrogant asshole, and I hate you. It's true. <laughs> and <laughs> it's true. Uh, <laughs> and and that's I was I was talking to one of my my other friends. Believe it or not, I have more than just will out here um about I, I mean i know it might be hard to believe if if you've heard what i've been saying um <laughs> but but to okay uh it, it may it's it's pretty hard to okay <laughs> that was that last one was pushing <laughs> are you gonna cut that out i'm not i just clap okay good joke good joke you're such a <laughs> Um, but that basically the I I haven't done Mary Jane the Devil's Lettuce if you will yeah and basically because I just have this sense of my past self not having wanted to do it um, because it's basically just bad with no other descriptors and me holding on to that because I'm holding on to my past self, which I guess goes against what I was doing with psychedelics, but I'm conflicted about it, so I don't know, uh, what do you think? Uh, just about, like, holding on to your past self or about Mary Jane? Whatever you want to talk about, big man. This is your big body. Shoddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I don't really think that holding on to your past self is like a bad thing. I think most people do it. Uh, they have this like idea of themselves. I mean, everybody does. They have this idea of themselves, and therefore they hold on to the best parts of it. And maybe like they're blind to the worst parts, and they think that it's some of the best. I'm not saying this for you. I'm just saying this. For no, you were saying it for me. Yeah, absolutely. I just said that so that you would know. That's yeah. Right. Okay. Um, but honestly, I, I, I don't really see a problem with like not holding on to your past self either. Just like being open to new things. Um, and I guess chipping down that, that statue of Michelangelo, so to speak. Um, but a little bit on, uh, the Mary Jane, the, the giggle root or whatever you want to call it. Um, I'd like to say that I'm also not a fan. Um, doesn't really do much for me at least, uh. I've tried it before, but I've never really actually enjoyed it, so to speak. I get a lot of um, 
adverse side effects. I sweat a lot. Like my hands get really clammy. And I'm drenched in sweat, and then I get anxiety. Oh, yeah. Well, if you don't, if you you can't tell now because you're listening to the podcast that we're recording right now. But Will is extremely sweaty. I would say right right when he pressed the record button, his shirt turned uh, from gray to black. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. I also when I tried clicking the record button my finger slipped because it was so wet <laughs> it was just dripping and it got on my space bar and I don't think it works anymore so that's a problem for another day yeah if this computer is working it's a it's a call to heaven it's so. a miracle <laughs> Yahweh came down and he saved this the touch of grandmother came down and blessed you with a cup of honey tea for that vocal butter <laughs> thank god speaking of <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, back onto self, like the self and past self and future self. Um, you know, I, I, my mom especially talks a lot about the like presence and being here now and whatnot. I mean, what's that one guy's name? Um, George Harrison. No, definitely not George Eckhart Harrison. Eckhart Tolle. Definitely not Eckhart Tolle. Um, Eckhart Tolle wrote a book called The Power of Now. I read a, I read his book. Uh, what's his name? I have to look this up now. Ram Das, that's his name. Ron Burgundy? No, Ram Das. Oh. Man, he uh, he was a man. Wow. And he was uh, alive in like the 70s. I think he died in the early 2000s. But he was this guy who, I think he was a Harvard professor, and then he got fired from his job after talking about psychedelics in the 70s or something like that. And then he became a guru of sorts and moved to India. And he was just like a little nomad guy. He walked around and he said some cool things and he wrote a cool book. Where was I going with this? Presence. No, no idea. Presence. He talks a lot about presence and just being here in the moment. So um, I think, at least in my philosophy, like being present is a good thing in that um, you don't hold on to things in the past. I mean, you obviously have some sort of subconscious bias about your past self and you hold on to these like standards that you set for yourself at a certain point. And, I mean, you aren't who you are today without your past, so you can't really let go of it completely unless you dissolve your ego, which is hard to do. And uh, maybe the future self, something like being anxious about what is to come, I think is a little bit out of my scope. I, I don't really like doing that just because that, that future doesn't exist. Like, it's not a reality that's there. So I can't really be worried about something like, like that. I mean, it's obviously a worry still sometimes, but but living there and being like, okay, well, right now, today is the 25th of June at 10.08 p.m. And in five months, I've got to be a trauma surgeon and helping some guy who blew his leg off in Fort Lauderdale or something like that. Uh, and I don't think it's fair to myself at all to live in that reality or something a little bit more realistic let's say um any thoughts on Ford that? Collins yeah Ford Collins it's the city in Colorado <laughs> <laughs> no. I, well what I would rebuke to that is that I think that when you get the the, the high mystics have a different sense of the word now than uh, the everyday person does and um, the way that you talk about it is the way that we would regularly think about it, not being spiritual masters. 
um, which is more in the the past is the past, the the future is the future, and today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Yeah. Um, that actually wasn't the actual. That quote. actually was a, a quote from Martin Heidegger. Um, just kidding. <laughs> Uh, but the, 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 the higher spiritual people would, they, they don't think of time as linear. They essentially, when you get to that religious, uh, level, I I mean, I don't want to say it's like a, a natural progression, but, um, time in the divine sense is seen as not even circular, but itself eternally present because God is omnipotent or uh, not just the the monotheistic God but the the different uh, manifestations of God would all essentially be omnipotent unless you're pagan or something which again basically falls under the umbrella of monotheism as it got um, it, it just has room for that kind of thing yeah, um, like the the Almighty God, and so when when not Eckhart Tolle, I, I mean I don't know who the guy that you're talking about, but um, the the more like the saints or or the Buddha or whoever um, they they view time as something that's just as there as the ground is so there is not that kind of like uh, perseverance to be where you are now but more in the sense of understanding what place you have in the eternal gotcha that's stupid yeah (laughs) (laughs) I think that's an interesting concept I mean I I would agree that time is absolute, as is the ground that we're standing on, or the chairs that we're sitting. The chair we are sitting in two wooden chairs, each respectively. Yes, uh, they are not comfortable. I would say mine is. It has the little arm things. Yeah, I'm resting my elbow on the table currently, but I I, I would agree that time is just as present as night and day. Um, but I think a lot of people don't live in the present, you know, what I'm... Well, what I'm... I, I know what you're saying, and I would say, personally, I I honestly don't entirely follow it because I think that it's basically animalistic to to be like that. To, uh, there was a time where I basically envied my dog for just being simple, but I think that it's the power of humanity to to hold the past through the lens of the present and the the future again through the lens of the present but to to at least have that grasp of the divine to um to basically just be able to to look at it if nothing else yeah uh as where a dog i i don't think it's virtuous to be as simple as a dog um because I don't think that's the hand that we're dealt. And I think that it's 
counterintuitive and regressive to want to go to that. But I do agree that there is... Um, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but in basically, like, perspective, I have a bit of a difference. Yeah. I don't think it's... Um, I, I'll steal your word, virtuous, to, like, live solely in the present. Because I feel like that's a bit irresponsible. Just to, like, hey, I'm here, and I'm going to spend this next 60 seconds being here. Um, and then the next 60 seconds, and then for the rest of my life, I'm just going to be right here right now and not have a concern about what's going to happen next or what already happened. Um, but kind of like a balance, you know? So yeah. I, okay, I'm worried about the test I have next Friday, and um, I've got all this shit coming up, but I have to do this here now, and I might as well be here for it rather than, like, have yeah, my mind yeah, wander. Yeah, sure. But, yeah. So, uh started talking about the divine a little bit there and and time would you say that like time is a god itself or time is god well um i mean that's a bit of like a a stupid question (laughs) um i i mean it's like a a very abstract thought i I personally would have to say I don't know. Alright, thank you. Thank you for listening. (laughs) This episode's going to be a two-parter. We're leaving off on a cliffhanger. Tune in next time. (laughs) We're leaving out on a cliffhanger. Uh, Yeah, I I would probably have to say it's not. Just that since, I mean, through physics, I mean, physics is through the realm of people, so you could argue against it. Well, I, I would say that the supernatural, I mean, by definition, exists beyond the natural. Um, so I would say um, God really can't do anything in our realm except, um, I don't know. It, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing to think about, I would say. That, that's why I say I don't know. I, it's To me, it's very challenging. It's almost the same as asking uh, is God real, basically? It, it's a similar question. Like, uh, a good example would be something like picture nothing. Yeah. You can't picture nothing because you always... Well, I mean, I, I can. You may not be able to. I have a very open mind. Could you describe nothing for me? Yeah. All right. Okay, that was it. Dude... That was a handshake, not a clap. We just shook hands. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. I did two of the same <laughs> joke in four minutes. Um, so to ask that question, do you think there's a God? Do you think that? Well, I would, I would have to say over the past two years, I really over the past year, I read this book called The Perennial Philosophy by Aldous Huxley, which is... It's a religious anthology kind of thing where he he basically reads off these uh, mystical mystical quotes and he calls it it's from the term is from Leibniz uh, the philosopher who um, he 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 calls it the the least common denominator for the highest uh, aspects of. I think all world religions I don't remember the quote exactly um, but basically what that means is 
the the commonalities of the more higher aspects of religion in terms of mysticism um, devotion and basic basically just um, it's most similar to Buddhism, to be honest. Um, the the self, the eightfold path, essentially is is the, it's honestly about the same thing. And then the rest of him, he basically just shoehorns in. Nice. <laughs> but I mean, a, a good way to think about it would be that the story of, or the the archetype, really, or the narrative of. Um, Buddha is extremely similar to the narrative of Jesus Christ. Elaborate. So, basically, he... Well, I mean, Buddha was born uh, a noble birth, but he basically shunned it. And then Jesus was born a very not noble uh, birth, and he... They, they both grew up and they, they kind of had it in the back of their heads of like spiritualism and stuff and then they they both um, ascended essentially uh, went out by themselves took, took time and nothing's really known for what they actually did there but they they, they, they had a lot of knowledge they knew a lot about uh, divine truth and they return to to tell it to the masses and it's really this individual spiritual journey and the the great connection with god through self understanding sure the the journey within really not like going out on a backpacking trip and finding god or yourself or whatever which is corny <laughs> yeah, I, I think a lot, uh, a lot of that funny stuff is a bit corny. I would agree, but you know, oh God, I lost my train of thought. Nice to talk to you guys. <laughs> um, so you think of religion as more of like a metaphorical thing than it is literal? Well, I would say. I would say that the masses today, and I don't mean like the, the sheep sense or whatever, but I would say that especially the Western, I mean, I don't know really anything other than the United States, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I'd just say that to sound cool. Uh, <laughs> the, the, we, we tend to look at Christianity and we get bogged down in like the you're not allowed to to have I don't know gay marriage or, or basically the whole thing of sex like if you masturbate you're going to hell or um, whatever this kind of just this legalism and I mean uh, granted a lot of it is the Old Testament but the New Testament is basically the the meat of Christianity and um, I would say that the, the narrative itself is lost in that legalism and 
the I, I think that the importance of it lies in the the more uh, self uh, discovery or, or not self discovery in like that sense, but um, self actualization. Like uh, how how G like the the emulate what is it called the in what is it imitation of Christ, I I think that the imitation of Christ has has been lost to where people just say like either oh yeah dude he, he was like totally uh, he loved everybody like love thy neighbor brosif or you get like you have to go to church every every Sunday and you. You, you have to get a desk job and work 51 weeks out of the year so that you can go for that 52nd to Myrtle Beach with your family and the wife that you hate and get a hot dog and resent yourself on the beach. But be back home to your normal church on Sunday and Wednesday to go to Mass, <laughs> eat the crackers, sip eat the, the, eat the, eat the cracker, bug, eat the bug, <laughs> sip the your juice. pod. All that jazz. Yeah, I think it definitely has been lost. I mean... There's uh, a lot of the people that I've talked to about religion, specifically Christianity, um, I guess in a way idealize the Christ, you know, be an honest person, love thy neighbor, um, don't pe treat people with disrespect, which is all, I mean, admirable, right? Like being honest to people, I mean, lying has its place, but being truthful, being self-virtuous, like unapologetically yourself in a way. Um, but I think a, a it gets kind of unrealistic if you idealize him to a certain point because, I mean, we live in a society. <laughs> and a lot of the time you can't, you can't really do some of that stuff while you're living in this society. And, uh, uh, what, he lived like... What? 45 years ago? <laughs> he went to every Grateful Dead concert. He went to every Grateful Dead concert. <laughs> Yeah, and he was at the all the pride marches and stuff, and, and he was a roadie for the Grateful Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a great time, man. I remember I got lunch with him. Yeah, the day before he passed, forty-four years ago. <laughs> day before he passed, bless his heart. God, rest in peace, man. Rest in power, Christ. <laughs> R.I.P.C. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, and I think a lot of the stuff about Christianity has been like muddled a bit. Um, the the whole book, like the whole Bible, I guess, has been muddled a lot. A lot of it's taken too literally, and I think that's kind of weird. How a lot of people will take the story of Noah, for instance, and be like, "Oh yeah, this guy lived to be six hundred years old and had a boat with every single animal." But, uh, that's exactly what I'm saying: is that the the narrative itself is missed, and I, I, I there are definitely a lot of denominations who. I don't know exactly which denomination it is, but they basically only accept the gospel, the four uh, books of the New Testament, and as truth, and the rest are basically uh, myths, and not in the sense of like, oh, it's uh, it's not true, but uh, that you you take you take it for what it's worth, and you interpret it, and you try to get the meaning out of it, um, and I'm not saying that the the legalist side is not important. I do think that following and altering your life to to follow this religion is I, I mean it's just it's part of it. There's no there's no denying it. 
Um, so, I, I, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I get lost with the whole sense of, like, an organized religion, so to speak, is, like, changing your whole outlook on life just for, just to appease that God or whatever. I'm, uh, I, I have done a, a quite a bit of research throughout my religious experience on uh, going from uh, raised a bit Catholic uh, to Christian to... Um, Jehovah's Witness, Russian Catholic, back to Christian, all over the Christian spectrum, I'd say. Um, and I did a lot of research because I was starting to question things about the book and and how the whole structure of it is set up. Um, and I don't mean to, like, attack it, really, but just, like, question it a bit, be a little skeptical. Don't you dare shake your head at me like that. <laughs> um, but the, I think, I, I like the ideals behind Christianity, like, the aspect of interpreting it yourself and finding your own meaning through it and basically I guess getting some morals out of it but I don't think that it's the strict moral code that you should follow from it um, and I don't think that some being in the sky uh, who was created from the Canaanite pantheon of gods uh, is the one true to worship you know what I'm saying yeah, there's a moth in my water. <laughs> Might want to get that out. I'm trying. It's dead now. I got it. I got think, the moth. I think they die when they get wet. I'm still going to drink the water also, for those of you listening at home. Cheers. But yeah, I think that uh, the whole notion of Christ it wasn't the first time it was done it was an emulation of the Egyptian gods and um, that's not what I'm talking about just so you know. yeah I do know, okay. I do know. Okay. okay just kind of just throwing that out there yeah just throwing that out there and all that jazz but I think what you're saying is that it's it's a good way to view the religion I just don't think that like as I've said for the third time it's not a good one to take literally well I I would have to say that I mean, if you don't accept it and follow that, you're going to be following something else. Not in the sense of, like, the, the Carl Jung quote of everyone uh, follows, I don't remember, something about God, whatever. Uh, but if you don't follow that, it's not like you're you're creating, I mean, like, unless you're, like, Frederick Nietzsche, like, you're not really creating your own stuff there's a lot the vast majority of it is created through like subconscious biases and and uh, basically cultural things so if you don't uh, I don't know I guess it could be argued that the no never mind uh, I would so now I'm back to what I was saying before I had that shred of doubt uh I, I think that if you don't follow this kind of strict regimen and you just kind of go with what you think, um, you, you, you won't get to that same place. You won't, if you don't have the discipline of doing stuff that you don't want to do, not in the sense of just 
uh, self-regimentation, but stuff that doesn't even seem like it's right. Because I do think that in the, the, the greater world religions that there is a lot of validity to what they do, and basically just to the ritual itself like the the symbol of the ritual so um like the the eucharist i would say is as important as people think it to be and it's not it's not that the eucharist actually becomes the blood and body of christ but it's that the ritual itself has a great um, psychic energy that's and divine energy that's imparted on the people participating and willing it to to exist really. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I guess I disagree in a way. I, I don't really. I mean, I understand the symbolism behind it and whatnot, um, and I hear you with like the divine energy, but to me, it seems more like a placebo than it would anything. Because um, some guy who definitely was not named John uh, wrote it in a book like thousands of years ago, and we still take it like at full value. And it's it just seems weird to me. I agree, it seems weird, but that's what I mean is that it doesn't essentially matter per se what he wrote to a certain extent, but more so the the value that we ascribe to it. So if instead the Eucharist was like uh, cranberries instead of grape juice, um, I mean wine, I guess. Um, it it I mean that's not a particularly good example, but um, what what the what it actually calls you to do does not matter as much as the ritual itself. I mean, I guess I'm just repeating myself, really. Yeah. I, I don't really know what to say at this point. Yeah, it's just a ritual that matters and not, like, the actual... Because I think that that the the divine aspect is called upon in really the Christian sense of uh, how when two people, two or more people gather, the Holy Spirit is with them. And I, I, I don't think that that's just some diddle-do that Paul scribbled in his... Uh, tab sheet work when he was just like fiddling around <laughs> with himself on a Tuesday afternight. <laughs> after night <laughs> you know I disagree I think it was him scribbling it down on his little sheet of papyrus with his his, his liver full of wine and he was walking around terrorizing the town uh, yelling at people for touching each other before they yeah. got married well, I, I do think that there is a, a great sense of really uh, moral judgment that's lost in this kind of sodomy, really. Especially, like, I mean, I don't know what you in particular think, but I think that there is a great degeneration of uh, values and standards really and I would say the greatest reason is from the the loss of religion 
and people basically just resort to to nihilism and you see it in the the history of philosophy especially um it all when we when we stop viewing this is uh this is from carl jung is um when when we stop viewing god as transcendent or transcendental then the individual just becomes a number and the world becomes a speck of dust and there is no value to anything everyone just becomes a statistic and you are a cog in the culture and jung says that that is what leads uh to the ussr's perspective of humanity of people serving the the collective um before they before they think of themselves as individuals so uh what do you think of that i i i guess i would particularly disagree with like the individual aspect because i mean at least in my experience and and i i hear like the whole individuality part of like interpreting things and being a part of the ritual but and um i i think it was pushkin said that uh i have a quote i don't i think i'm pretty sure it was pushkin the um the anarchists one of the original anarchists um the doctrine the doctrinaire authoritarian dictatorial governmental communist system is based on the principle that the individual is essentially subordinate to the collective that from it alone he has his right to life that the citizen belongs to the state like a child to the family that he is in its power and possession in Manu, and that he owes its submission and obedience in all things. And that was, I think, in the mid-19th century, um, when communism was really starting to take root uh, in theory. And, I, I mean, I, I would just say that without this this transcendental aspect like you basically just become um, the same as the earth and I mean sure there's like the the atheist people who value the whatever like human rights or whatever um, but I would sweet. I would say that um, they're still very much rooted in the Christian mindset and morals and there's really no way to escape that or to imagine our society without that uh being like like a, a true creation of morals uh from an atheist perspective like um who is it who's that one guy that i read that book about problems of philosophy problems of philosophy i don't remember yeah, Bertrand Russell. Bertrand Russell, um, like, it, it's it's just impossible to imagine someone creating genuinely creating atheist values without the Christian or uh, Eastern uh, value set. And I mean, that's a very Ben Shapiro argument, but yeah, it's like up doesn't exist without talent. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I agree with you that like no atheist or agnostic person could come up with like their own thing, right? It's obvious that uh, Christianity and all religion has had such a huge influence on cultural uh, uh, culture and society and economics and really everything. I mean, the lens that it encompasses is really infinite, I'd say. I mean, it doesn't, there's not a place on this globe, really, that it hasn't touched. That's obviously not true, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, but I, I think I had something for that. Oh, yeah, you were talking about, uh, there's this bit of uh, Catholic rhetoric called, um, what's it called? The Dictatorship of Relativism. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah. It, it's, it basically is that... Um, that individuality and the secular society we live in is uh, it's bad and being an individual is bad and what you should do is like devote your entire being to religion and uh, basically not be an individual well I would say that that's from a different perspective and this is gonna be a bit into semantics but the essentially the higher realms of religion like the the same perennial philosophy sense like the buddhist uh perspective and the the catholic saints is to to lose yourself and to really just become i guess one with god um it's a bit cheeky to say that but i think that that is a very different idea than to be lost in a mass of collective dirt. But you see the similarities. I right? do see the similarities, but I think it's in a different vein that it's um, proposed. Yeah. It might be like it's definitely that whole uh, glockenspiel. Yeah, that whole glockenspiel is a bit muddled down compared to the theistic viewpoint, but an example that came to mind. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, and I see what you're getting at. Yeah, and I'm reaping what you're sowing for sure. I think that individuality is such like a huge part of the human condition, though, that it's it's kind of hard to lose yourself in something that I mean you have to put complete blind faith into. You know. Well, I would say it's it's very um, cultural in ever since the Enlightenment. Uh, everything has just become much more individual compared to uh, in Europe people used to be living in farmhouses with their extended family and they wouldn't venture out 10 miles for their entire life um, as to now there's I mean a lot of stuff happened but um, we're in an extremely individual age but I do think that is it is a bit um, hypocritical or uh, I don't know kind of weird to think about how we're in basically the most I, I wouldn't say now we're in the most individual period but a few I don't know like uh, 200 years ago or something something like that uh, we were the most individual basically that the world had ever been um, and that was the point at which we started to stray from religion sure and I, I think that that's weird to think about because I don't think that the two are separated and I think that they go together like bread and 
effing butter. <laughs> the loss, the discarding of religion and demoralization of society? No. I mean, um, religion and individuality. So, yeah. I, I, I think that that's kind of sad, too. It's a bit depressing. I can see where that'd be depressing. I'm just kind of set in my ways. I'm an old-fashioned guy. Yeah. I've been on this earth for about 60 years. I don't I don't really want to change. Yeah. Changes for suckers. Like you. So, um... What, I mean, a, a couple years ago, probably... Well, I mean, in 10th grade, I was a full-blown atheist, and I would argue with people, um about, like, why Christianity was stupid and they should, like, stop believing in it. Not super harshly, but extremely arrogantly. And... I, I mean, it's it's a bit of a long time coming with my, uh, I don't know, spiritual progress or Joe Rogan experience if you will. <laughs> um, but just a, a couple months ago, when was it? I don't know. I had I had this dream, and I, I wasn't particularly sure about it, and I was actually texting Will about it, and it kind of just came... To, I think, did you say it, or did I say it first? I think you said it first. I, I think I did say it first, but I'm pretty sure you said it first. Um, this was like four... Four and a half months ago, or five months ago. Yeah, four, four and five four, months. Ago. Four, months ago. four, four, four point one six five months ago. Um, I was actually on the the John in near Livingston, Montana, at a truck stop, uh, and I was texting Will about this dream that I had. Uh, basically, I was there's like kind of like shooting and stuff outside, and then we went inside. There was like a, a compound underground. I was with my dad this fat like kind of tubby woman and some other people who are extremely cloudy and I don't remember and there was this large moonshine kind of uh, thing that had the top off and it was uh, a bit white but mostly golden wax and it had a large wick that was gold and we all had these gas masks in the compound and there were people trying to come in and, and kill us and we knew that if we put the gas masks on that, and it was just kind of like knowledge that we knew that if we put the gas masks on that we would change psychologically and physically. Become like a brand new person, right? Well, I, I mean, the exact thought was if we put these masks on, we will change psychologically and physically. Like word for word, that's just what I, I had the, the thought of in the dream. Um, and then in the back of the compound, there was this man or thing that had no skin and was floating about four inches above the ground and had his, his arms kind of straightened out, but about 15 degrees up. And his, his finger and middle finger, his index and middle finger were both stretched out kind of like a, a gun, but he was pointing them like outwards. Not, I mean, not like a, a, a finger gun. 
but like I, it, it was kind of like ominous and he had no skin so his eyeballs were just looking out but he he wasn't looking at any of us which was kind of odd uh, it almost seemed like he was blind and I, I, I kind of stray I don't want to describe that because that's like the Samael Demiurge thing um, don't don't worry about that if you don't know what that is um, and and then we were like really scared and then we were just kind of looking at him and I was really scared and he had a very ominous thing but then I kind of felt like he wasn't really doing anything so I stopped being scared for some reason but then the the kind of tummy tubby girl lit the wick and then we all had to put the masks on and then I woke up and I was talking to Will about this and I thought that it kind of emulated the 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 book of Genesis and the the cosmological story of uh, of Christianity and how I was basically in the position of Adam. The girl was Eve, and she ate from the the tree of knowledge by lighting the golden wick. And then we had to um, we had to put on the masks, which were basically like. God taking us out of the Garden of Eden, but uh, and then I, I would say that the the man was basically the devil, um, or I don't think that it's actually referenced as the devil in in the Bible, but the serpent, the serpent, yeah. Um, um, and and from that, I started to to really favor Christianity for some reason. It's also because my my middle name is Adam. And I thought that was very eerie. Um, but I, I don't know. I've just, from that, I've kind of looked more favorably on Christianity. And then also not just, like, doing the the regular Christianity that mm, people do, like, in Eden Prairie or whatever, where they, like, go to church because their parents do and their parents take their kids to church because they want their kids to go to church but neither of them really wants to and they're all lying to themselves and they're lying to the people around them by acting like they're devout Christians um, so I'm not a fan of that I would say I would like to do something much uh, more honest something more serious I guess uh, not that these people aren't serious about it um, there are a lot of people who are very serious about it but I just don't think that it's the right perspective that they're looking at it through yeah like going to jam camp every summer and I went to no I didn't go to jam camp actually I went to Spirit in the Pines that's probably like one of the less uh, one of the least religious things that you can do. <laughs> yeah, I I would have to agree with that. Kind of, I 100% went there to flirt with girls and to stay in a cabin with the Brodies. Mad props, bro. <laughs> Mad props. It kind of... And I also got egregious athlete's foot from not changing socks for eight days, and my <laughs> inner toes had no skin, and were bleeding. Ooh. Then you got that fixed. I got it fixed 
four and a half years later. <laughs> I mean, it 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 got better, but it was on and off again. I had athletes, but throughout high school. Yeah. And then it stopped right before I got prescribed, or I called a podiatrist, FaceTimed him because it was during COVID, and I asked him for some some drugs, and he gave me the tube of ointment, and then I uh, I stopped right before. We went on that trip up north, and it held true, held strong, and I haven't had it since. So, uh, just God, right if there. you're out there wondering, I have clear feet. You may invite me to your pool. Nice. I will. You will not to, wear water to shoes. To walk around, I will not. Nice. Thanks. Yeah. I think that's an admirable viewpoint of uh, Christianity, like not tokening it making it like just a habit to do something to do on Sunday you know let's go to church hang yeah. out and sing some hymns or just like something that you kind of work into yourself and say like oh yeah I'm Christian but then you um, you basically just follow what other people are doing about it and you don't really I mean that's not saying that they don't like read the bible or anything but they 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 don't get anything out of it really for themselves they just read it and say like oh yeah that's a good line like Psalms is a sweet set of lines, and then uh, <laughs> and then go to their nine to five. Where they, they work then crack that hours. nine to five. Tell everybody there that they're Christian and not really care. But it doesn't matter. You're set because you're going to heaven. Yeah, absolutely. They gave their life for it. Yeah, all fifty-one weeks of it. All fifty-one weeks. Heaven's myrtle feet. And then the last week, you travel to India and become a guru for a week and walk around barefoot in the the Bangladeshi wilderness. Get really bad athlete's foot. Get terrible ringworm. <laughs> Call a podiatrist. <laughs> Call a podiatrist. Tell the Norm Macdonald moth joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I've talked about this before, but I think it's uh, I don't I'd also like to share my like perspective on religion, I guess. Keep it short. Dude, go ahead. Um, basically, what I like to believe is that we're just like people. Uh, we're just beings. We're no different from like that ant on my driveway or the bird or the bat trying to eat the mosquitoes. We have no like um, divine power over animals, I guess is a good way to put it. Uh, we're just beings like experiencing the universe, where the universe itself spe- uh, experiencing itself through different medium. So like, the universe is this big bowl of juice, and the spoon that we have is our body, and we take a little bit of the juice out when we die, we put it back in. And it's nothing really more than that, I, at least in my opinion. And um, yeah, I think that just being like true to yourself and finding your own way through life and its struggles and problems and joy and wonder is like what it is like what meaning is ascribed to life is yours and yours alone to ascribe not some big guy with a beard up in the sky pissing on us so you're more of a piss on yourself kind of guy yeah I think that's a good way to put it I'd, I'd like to say that yeah I would have to disagree with you and I think that humans in particular have a spark of divinity within them. Um, 
from personal experience, I I feel that, and um, but on the rest, I agree. I think that the importance of life is to just give it your best shot. Just play the game. Just play the flipping game. Shoot the shit. Do your, do what you want. Like, I mean, not like you know, like you know what I mean. Yeah. Not literally do what you, whatever you want, but do what you want. Just give it your best shot. Yeah. If I can impart anything on you, loyal listener of. Uh, Kick Rocks podcast. Kick Kick Rocks plus one hour. Yeah. Uh, I would say just give it your best shot. Just do your best, everyone out there. Everyone listening at uh, one hour and 13 minutes on the dot. You know, we... Uh, well, you're going to splice something, no? No, this is all stand. You're such a fucking liar. <laughs> you said that shit to Simon, too. I know you said that to Simon, and you cut some of it. No. Yes. No. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. But I would say we uh, we're faced with this great this great wall, this great monolith of of time and mortality, and we have to carve it into Michelangelo. I mean, uh, David. Yep. By my, <laughs> I think I've been saying that the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I just realized that. Uh, <laughs> nobody's listening. Man. Nobody's listening. <laughs> if you're listening to this, your name is Lucas Dunford in about three days when he uploads. <laughs> or maybe your mom. Hi, more. Or maybe more. Hi, more. Hi, more. Maybe Sophia. Maybe Sophia. Yeah. Hi, Sophia. Yeah. Simon? No. Simon. <laughs> Simon's gonna check the highlights. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna edit this with highlights, man. Wait, don't you have like twenty something viewers or listeners? Yeah, like twenty eight was my peak. Jesus Christ! I'm getting so who there. are those people? I have no idea. You? If you're listening to this, shoot me an email at likeaboss two three zero at gmail.com that is not a joke uh, that is my spam email not well, spam but that's what I do when I like have to make a, an account or something And I, I, I will check it so feel free to send me an email I, I will extend the same courtesy you can hit me at my super series business email <laughs> rango143000 <laughs> at gmail.com yeah I check it every Tuesday morning so at 6 it's PM. it's variable it's variable sometimes it's 6 a.m. 15 sometimes, sometimes it's 6 15 45 sometimes it's 6 37 it's variable you know it's variable um yeah feel free to shoot us an email feel free to shoot us some you're free to shoot on me. <laughs> Sorry. You know, I think we had a productive conversation today with this. And uh, I just want to give this guy... Yeah, very productive. Everyone. I really want to give this to Super okay. productive. Well, we'll 
to be honest, I would like to just say this very quickly. I can't wait till this gets copyrighted and taken down. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me uh, let me do one more. something we have to do. What? I think you know what it is. I think I know what it is, too. Should we just play? Yeah.
anymore. everyone for listening <laughs> if you made it this far we really appreciate it keep in the guitar interlude <laughs> yeah why not <laughs> thank you all for listening uh, i hope you enjoyed our conversations about nature psychedelics dreams religion all that fun stuff any closing remarks lucas closing remarks be true to yourself don't listen to this music I hope you all enjoy your nights until next time how do you know when they're going to be listening to it all of the people I hope you enjoy the rest of your day I hope you enjoy the rest of your good evening good afternoon and good night until next time this was Kick Rocks Truman Show (laughs) 